0: Welcome to the Teen Suicide Prevention Society's show. It's actually called the Suicide Prevention Show. We are here waking up the world and to help us wake up, not just the world, but wake up to ourselves. Stephanie Duffy is going to take us on the journey to get to know the person in the mirror please help me welcome to the studio Stephanie Duffy. Oh, I'm so excited. Now you're talking to yourself. Hello, Jackie. (laughs) Hello, Stephanie. How are you? Good. I've been um,
1: hanging out here watching your speakers and I am blown away. (laughs) I'm just blown away.
0: Oh, I am just delighted that you have had the time to hang out and that you have the time to be with me right mm-hmm. now. Oh, Stephanie.
1: There we go.
0: The, the gratitude, Jackie, is
1: just unbelievable. Like, my heart is so full listening to them.
0: I've been really blessed, Stephanie. You're right. Oh, boy. This is going to be an interesting <laughs> session. Okay. So now, uh, welcome to eyed <laughs> um tails. there we go <laughs> welcome to teary Eye Tales. thanks katie goodbye katie um,
1: <laughs> and you, you know what jackie i have to say i think this is the second time in a row you have done this event on a full moon and full moons tend to bring
0: out our emotions <laughs> <laughs> you know the genie the magic of the scheduling genie it's you know sometimes it's when will this fit on my schedule and it has been consistently on holidays or full moons. And the next one is no exception. So we're not going to give away the date. But no, it's always the right time. Exactly. Always the right time. So, Stephanie, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeffy. The person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. When did you realize that there was a stranger in the mirror?
1: You know, Jack, I think for me, kind of the pivotal time, um, I, I'm going to say is I think I think it was about 36 when my marriage dissolved. And I remember, you know, making a key decision, you know, am I going to sink or am I going to swim? What am I going to do? And, you know, even though, um, I'd kind of always wished for kind of the ending of my marriage, uh, we'd been married, I think for seven years. So sometimes when it, ha- you know, when things happen, that we wanted <laughs> you know this still kind of the shock factor and so you know with that with the ending what i wasn't prepared for was that it um opened up old wounds that weren't yet healed and um yeah and so i realized that you know things needed to change i needed to figure out who i was and, and I always use this as an, as an example with people, um, you know, in my, in my first few days of being single, it was like, okay, you know, what do I want for dinner? Right. It's like, do I want a pizza? It's like, do I even like pizza? I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, and if I did, what would I put on it? Right. And, and just the basic things of who am I by myself? Right. Because I had always, you know, I I was raised and chose to continue that pattern of do for others, you put yourself last. Ah. And um, suddenly it's just, you know, it it was me. There wasn't anybody to put first. Exactly. And and so it's like, oh, you know, this is hard. This is hard. And, um, you know, prior to that time, I had been um, uh, a special ed teacher. I'd, I'd worked at um, an alternate school, which I loved because these were teenagers who um, were deemed with behaviors, behavioral issues, right? They um, didn't fit the typical school. So there there was room to accommodate their needs. And um you know, I just love these kids because they could just be themselves, right? And, and and they expressed themselves and they had a story. You know, whereas I found being in the regular school system, (laughs) quite boring. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And and so, you know, what happened was our our school district amalgamated. I
0: um, was sent. to What does amalgamated mean for a school district? Sorry, I don't know that one. Okay, so because of cutbacks, um,
1: we'll take it, you know, two smaller districts formed one. Ah. So some jobs were cut and people needed to be shuffled around. And so um, I was sent to an elementary school. Well, I didn't enjoy babysitting when I was younger. And um, this just wasn't going to work for me because I have a strong sense of adventure. So um, I'd gone into... um, Nonprofits and um, I worked as a, a family support worker um, for its a, a local community services to help uh, parents who were struggling with parenting with with their children um, so that kids could stay in the home and not go into the you know the foster system and so through my experience there, um, you know, some people take home cats, find cats. I take home children. <laughs> so, um, so through my experience there, um, I'd met someone and, um, I was to do intervention for the weekend, you know, and then get back to them on Monday. Well, that wasn't going to work. So, um, you know, the, the ministry, uh, decided they were going to, um, this young girl into the foster care system anyways it was getting late and uh, there was no bed so I just said you know what can I just take her home we'll come back the next day and um, you know figure it out so at that time I was married at that time and um, my husband just adored this little girl and um, you know and we decided to you know apply for fostering and so that was that was a huge adventure, and I learned about trauma and the effects of trauma. And um, yeah, no textbook could ever teach me, you know, some of the experiences um, that I went through, and, and you know, and, and the stories I heard. And and so that really um, opened up a, a desire for me to learn about human behavior, in particular, trauma how it affects us, and, um, you know, how can I be of service in that regard? Because I I know there were some people on her team, you know, that said, you know, things are going to get worse before they get better. It was just like, no, they cannot, right? And and just, you know, recognizing at that time that um, one of my beliefs that I had learned and was carrying on, that I was giving my power to people in authority Hmm. and, you know, really struggling at that moment, you know, just not comprehending, but you're in authority and you can't help me. And that was kind of devastating, right? Because it's like, Oh my God, I got to figure this out. And I, I have to figure this out now. So anyways, um, fast forward, um, yeah, things just kind of went sideways, um, my ex and I. You got
0: to translate, things went sideways. You and oh. your husband have applied for fostering this. Oh, so, sorry, yeah.
1: So we had fostered her, um, we had fostered this young girl, and so um, I ended up kicking her out of the house twice on two different occasions, so the first time, um, because My ex had kids, so we had them every second weekend, and it was just causing huge uh, turmoil. And so, because my ex wouldn't step up, I did. And, you know, his kids were not an option to not come, right? And, And I kind of spelled it out for my foster daughter, but because of the trauma, she was testing me. And so, yeah, she went to live with someone else for a few months. And then we thought, okay, well, maybe this will be okay. Um, And and that was more short term. So because her mom um, had um, instilled a lot of trauma on her, and I I was the female caregiver, it was transferred to me. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting, because it's, it's amazing how we normalize dysfunction. Like it just kind of creeps up on you. And, um, and so with her every month or so, you know, she would go into a rage um, and, and quite often I would have to provoke it because it'd be like a pick, 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 pick. And And, and so I would just kind of have to press some buttons put her over the edge that she could just full on rage for 20 minutes um you know and and then you know verbally spew to me and um and i remember one time um she was just at me in a full on rage and um i just thought you know god help me right so i think i just kind of pushed her back she lost her footing and i got her on the ground meanwhile she thought i was the strongest person i thought oh thank you cuz I don't know how to throw a punch right and so um yeah so because of the strain of just kind of everything and and as well my my ex-husband and I weren't the perfect match our marriage broke down but before our marriage broke down um our foster daughter um just kind of went to the streets and got into drugs and whatnot so she wasn't really aware of what was happening and um So that was really traumatic for me.
0: Um, Were you aware of what was happening with her? Yeah. She was on the streets and... Yeah. 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 And, and,
1: you know, for me, um, yeah, I did not have the energy to fight. Um, You know, I was coping in my own stuff. Yeah. And... um, you know, and, and at that time, you know, I went into some therapy as well as I, you know, was constantly reading books, attending workshops, like I was, I was into learning. um You know, I didn't do super well in school, but, you know, human behavior, this is what I wanted. Yeah,
0: trying to figure it out.
1: It, it, exactly, exactly. And um so, you know, her and I, we didn't talk for about 10 years. And I've never cut anyone out of my life like that. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. However, um, you know, I I, I think sometimes I feel like, you know, but I need to be the bigger person. And, you know, like, you know, this superwoman mentality, I was just like, I don't have the energy. And so, you know, we didn't talk for about 10 years. And now we're working on a relationship. And, and it's beautiful. And she appreciates me, and, you know, but she gets it, yeah. right? And, and she appreciates the boundary.
0: That's really, really key and really cool that you all have reconnected. Yeah. And the person in the mirror for you, at some point you woke up and said, who I thought I was isn't who I am. Exactly,
1: exactly. And, and through that part, it, it's, you know, struggling with having no contact with someone just, you know, just baffled me like, I, I'd heard of people doing that. But I thought, you know, it's like, but she didn't do enough kind of damage to me, right. And, and, and I'm thinking, Oh, my Lord, like, um you know, so having to be okay with it because my ex-husband was not okay with my decision. I sat in this alone, even though he was aware that, you know, she would like literally hunt me down. And so just, you know, having that chat in the mirror of, of I'm okay. You know, it, it's, I need to trust. This is where I'm at. um, You know, because like I also referenced that, you know, she took me down twice, meaning, um, I was just exhausted twice. And the third time, I'm not sure I had the strength to get back up. Cause this was, I've never experienced anything, um, you know, such as this, of, of you know, the, um, you know, the, the verbal abuse, and just the kind of at me constantly. Um, and so it was, you know, a journey of making peace with my decisions in, in general, not, not only this one, but just, you know, making a decision and being okay with it, regardless of other people's views and opinions.
0: You picked up one heck of a stray cat. (laughs) I mean, and and it's, you know, self-love usually forbids that, and this is a phrase from a from a book called Time Enough for Love by my favorite science fiction author, Robert A. Heinlein. And he said, you know, it was like picking up a stray cat and you can't just abandon a stray cat once you pick it up. And his phrase was self-love forbids it. Who we perceive ourselves to be would not allow him to let go of what he had picked up that he called a stray cat. It sounds like that was the struggle you went through as well, who, you know, what kind of a person would kick out their foster daughter?
1: Well, exactly. And and also it's just like, you know, that's when, you know, you, you, you board kind of, I call it the crazy train because then the self-doubt comes in. It's like, well, I'm not trying hard enough, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, So I'm just trying to think time time wise. So then you know that all kind of ended and we moved and um, then I I moved to a different community where I was working and had a different job at a different nonprofit and I was providing support to a grandfather and I knew um, his granddaughter who who was also a teenager. I I love teenagers. Uh, Was going to go in bless you. Yeah, who who was going to go into the system. And i was just kind of sitting with it and so i was grocery shopping and two social workers on a friday night you know said hey stephanie like can you take her and i I was kind of done at that point in time and um you know and i thought shit oops we're after (laughs) hours you know if i don't take her she's going to go into the valley um meaning uh, into kind of a deeper population and i'm not sure what's going to happen and so i i knew with this one that um she was kind of my other wild child that she didn't need to be parented she would had already been a parent she needed to be housed and i thought okay you know i i think i've been through the worst and you know we'll make it happen and um you know and, and it was great because when she showed up you know she's just like, okay what are the rules right? And I'm just like, well, I don't know, <laughs> like, you know, number one, because I just renovated this house, right? And I said, like, you don't do damage to the house, and you don't damage me, the rest is negotiable, like, whatever, right? And, um, yeah, and so her and I, she's been out of, you know, my house for over 10 years, and, um, you know, I've been blessed with a grandson, who's just over a year, and so you know, it, it's beautiful, because I I never wanted to have children. Um, So from my perspective, you know, life was painful and a struggle, and I didn't want to put my own kids through it. So, you know, I, I was blessed with, you know, when I met my ex-husband, uh, his kids were seven and five. And then my first foster daughter, she came when she was 11. And then my second came when she was 13, right? So, So it's kind of neat having the blessings of of raising other people's children. And I don't think I would have had that privilege and honor if I would have, you know, had someone been with someone else to raise my own children. And, you know, and really like my heart is full. Like I I have no regrets. And, you know, that was another one, Um, you know, um, at the end of my 30s being single and it's like oh my god am I meant to have kids and the judgments um and people you know saying well Stephanie like can you have kids
0: oh and your I, biological clock is ticking
1: well yeah and, and I'm thinking I assume so like th- there's no returns right but um but I still had my stuff to go through and I didn't want to you know transfer that on
0: my kids oh well this is perfect you know i do trust the scheduling genie because i had no clue when we booked the slot that as you as you may have heard there was a schedule change and so it ended up where the person right before you was talking about healing generational trauma and oh that was like oh my god you know what a perfect setup for this conversation about how you become a stranger to yourself. Yeah and then how do you get to know yourself?
1: Exactly. And and Jackie, I mean, I've got notes on all of your speakers and I thought, oh my God, what what am I even talking about? Because and then with Antoinette, I thought, oh my God, like you segued me in. And um the booking yeah, city. It, it, Exactly. And um uh, yeah, she talked about Atomic Habits. That book has been coming to my attention as well. Um, so that's that's something on the list. And um, yeah, so that's something. So even, you know, my, I, could, I could go either way. But even for you, when you were talking about um, Should and Shame, mm. and if we look at David Hawkins' um, kind of level of consciousness, Okay, sure. th- th- this is how I interpret it. Like, okay, you know, we've got a ladder of feelings with shame being at the bottom. Hmm. There's nothing after shame. And, you know, from my perspective, shame is
0: the ultimate. It, it's I am. I am a loser. It's different, different than any other emotion in that it is based in the label and the, the self rather than the experience. Exactly, and
1: um, there's nowhere else to go. Um, And and for me, when I can start, um, you know, seeing it, sensing it in in people, um, you know, especially, you know, people I know that if there's other behaviors like an isolation, it's like, okay, you you know, and even right now with COVID with the isolation, it's like, you know, this is forcing people these times to look within and you know, we have been so distracted that, that there's a disconnect and you know, I mean, I, I don't even watch the news. I can't even watch the news. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive. It's like, oh my
0: Lord, like it is, it, it's hard. You might be sensitive, but you make a choice. So you, you are strongly sensitive in that you've chosen. What you allow into your realm of awareness. Yeah, and that's I think possibly the greatest gift of getting to know the person in the mirror. Yeah, is that when you get to know yourself, then and only then can you make the decisions and the choices that are right for you. Exactly, exactly. And I think um, I
1: think Elizabeth from earlier. I can't remember which speaker was, but but it's like you follow your energy you know if if what i'm doing or who i'm around how does it make me feel and that's part of the getting to know yourself is is we stop running a default program yes and start tuning in to you know what gives me energy what takes my energy away you know what fulfills me
0: and that's really key noticing that And I'm going to argue, it's not possible to be aware of your energy until you get a clue to be aware of yourself. And this has been an ongoing um, point of pain for me as I work with my own private clients and work with them to become more self-aware. You know, my work is reconnecting body, mind, spirit, and emotion. And the number of people who, when we're working a process and it's, you know, where in your body are you uncomfortable? And they're like, in my mind. And I'm like, ask it again. When you scan your body from head to toe, where in your body are you uncomfortable? In my head. I mean, there's just a real large gap between their experience of being human and, and all they can relate to is their thinking mind. And that's such a small part of us.
1: Exactly, and Jack. I, mean, I, th- I think we do similar things, we just go about it differently. Mm-hmm. But what I've come to realize, um, you know, for a few people, they're not aware of feelings in general, right, they're kind of cut off
0: here. and they say, I feel, and they might even be able to get an emotion word into the sentence, Yeah, but there's not a physical experience of it.
1: It, Exactly. And so it's kind of like back to basics um, about awareness, right? Like, you know, when when you notice or when you see something, like what senses come forward?
0: It's a conversation that's becoming more and more needed and that's why I was like, yeah, let's talk about getting to know the person in the mirror. Because there are people who cannot even engage in that conversation. They, they are, you know, it's like they're not even aware that they're unaware that, you know, it's like, whoa, okay. You, know, you can't start on a trip to a no. destination and, and create a map without two pieces of information. One is where you want to go. The other one is where you're starting from. And so I love the idea that there's a path and a place where people can start to discover who is this person in a mirror. I mean, for me, Sandy Queen was a platform speaker, one of the first female platform speakers I ever heard give a presentation. And she said, when you look in a mirror and she worked with teens, in challenging situations. So she worked with the what we now would call an at-risk group of kids. Yeah. And she said, if you look in a mirror and you don't see your best friend looking back at you, yeah. you're not gonna make it. Yeah. And that was her attitude. And I didn't realize until just now just how imp- how that impacted me. For mm-hmm. and and now it's really strong language since i'm working in the realm of teen suicide prevention to be able to stand on that certainty and to say if you can't see your best friend looking back at you you're not going to make it i know exactly that's you know like heart-wrenching for me it's one of the reasons i don't work with teens so god bless you for the fact that you do you know, I anyone who is willing to walk that walk, I you know, I think realm of angels. Mm. And I know you also work with adults because that's one of the ways that we know each other. Thank you very much for that as well. Let's go into something really practical. What's- so
1: actually, Jackie, I just want to pick up with what you said about you yeah. know making that best friend in the mirror. And and that's where you know, an easier step is, you know, when you look in the mirror in the morning, you know, what are you saying to yourself? Because that is setting up the rest of your day. You you know, like, are you looking in the mirror and nitpicking kind of, you know, how you look? Or or are you going, you know what? Yeah, this is how I look. And you know what, I'm gonna put a smile on I'm going to, you know whatever like wear your favorite jewelry wear something to make yourself
0: feel better if you're not okay so so that yeah let's presuppose presupposing that you wake up you look in the mirror and your first thoughts are less than um best friend unconditional love and acceptance yeah, yeah. so starting from that premise yeah step one is be aware of what you're saying to yourself yeah you don't have to say it out loud for it to be heard loud and clear
1: yeah
0: yeah so being aware of what you're thinking when you look at yourself in the mirror first thing in the morning you're right that does kind of set up the day. yeah yeah there's a there's a lot of um unconsciousness in how we are living that I'm looking to change. I mean, that's really what this conversation is about because we're unconscious, we're unaware of what's going on in our own heads. And then we think we're gonna be savvy enough to figure out what somebody else is going on with. There's a reality check here. And that's why this conversation is so important to me. I don't think it's possible to recognize signs of someone else being at risk if you can't recognize who you are in the mirror
1: exactly and have that honest conversation with yourself Mm -hmm. right and um, I I always you know kind of use the the stick as the metaphor so when we grow up you know whoever our primary caregivers are you should blah 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 and so what happens when we leave you know this being the stick we take with us and beat ourselves over the head right like you know, I should have been able to kind of figure it out with my first foster. I should have been able to, you know, keep going, you know, and, and that's the part of, of cutting slack on ourselves and just go, you know what, I'm doing the best I can in this moment. And, you know, that's kind of another thing I say to people is appreciate yourself, like find one thing you know, gratitude is something different, but self appreciation. And, um, you know, usually when I start with people, I will say, I want you to go get I don't care what you get a box, a jar something. And every day, I want you to put in there a note about what you appreciate about yourself. And really, Jackie, you know, sometimes, to just kind of witness how hard it is for people. I mean, and I have deepest compassion because you know what, I was that and I get it. But really, you know, get that um, kind of list going every day a little note because when you have those crappy days, you need something to fill you back up.
0: So the jar of appreciation Mm-hmm. It's where you can go on your worst days yeah. and reconnect with what's so good about yourself. Exactly. What exactly. you appreciate about yourself. Yeah. Cool. I like that. It's a self-appreciation jar. All right. So. Yeah, so
1: it, it's very different. I mean, uh, I, I see it very different from a gratitude jar, right? Like,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, That's I, I, the deep work of then, connecting to and, yourself. And, okay. So deep, the, the, the whole genre of connecting with yourself can be considered deep work. This one exercise is not. This one exercise is something that is simple. Anyone can do it. If you don't have a jar, you got something that you can gather up some pieces of paper in. Mm-hmm. Most of us have plenty of scrap paper, if nothing else, the envelopes from your mail can be used. So this doesn't take a lot of time, it doesn't take any, it doesn't take a lot of talent, and it doesn't take a lot of treasure. So super, super simple. The question is, will you trust yourself to do it?
1: Well, exactly. And, and, you know, kind of a disclaimer, like, that is a hard step for, you know, some people, right? And, and, you know, just even that one step is a huge breakthrough for them. So I, I never dismiss, you know, even though it, it's
0: kind of easy when you haven't done it before. It's simple. I didn't necessarily yeah. say <laughs> easy. I said, this is simple. I hope that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think simple and easy are the same. And I will tell you that is not the case. Exactly, exactly. And you
1: know what? And it's a great baby step, right? Because we're wanting to
0: build that. We're wanting to make a momentum and build that. So the first way to get to know the person in the mirror is to develop a daily practice of what do I appreciate about you? Yes. Is this a morning practice, an evening practice? You know what,
1: really, it, it, it just goes with your own
0: scheduling. Okay, a consistent practice. Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like, like I, for me personally, I do what works for me, when it works for me, so... Yeah. And then um, the other thing why it's coming to my mind is, is daily journal writing. Mm. Um, You know, so (laughs) I always encourage people to journal, write, And, you know, sometimes I can see that blank stare or, or, you know, whatever. And I will share my experience. When someone first told me to do that, I thought, are you kidding me? And I said, you know, my first couple days, it'd be like, this has got to be the stupidest thing I've ever done. I don't understand what I'm to write about. And then suddenly, you know, something just kind of flows. And, you know, so first thing in the morning, I'm not working on four cylinders, grab my coffee, sit down, I might, um, you know, write about my dream. If I had a dream, I might talk about where I'm at in that moment. You know, it might be this long, it might be longer. But for me, what that is, is I'm taking energy off of here onto there, right? It's no longer within me because it's an energy. It needs to be released. And
0: to me, that's a healthy means of releasing it. And we're not talking about, it's about venting, you know, or about negative stuff. It's just about whatever is coming up for you.
1: Yeah. And, you know, for me personally, I don't go back um, and reread them um, because I don't live back there. Right. I, I'm, I'm going straight ahead. Um, for me, it's in the moment of having a deeper connection with who I am. You know, where am I at in this moment so that I'm mindful of me Um you know, I'm mindful of my emotions. So kind of to to go off of that, you know, when we hit anger, yes, anger is an emotion, but there are steps that lead up to anger. And for me, um, I'm more internal than external, but like if I miss my feelings of hurt and my sorrow and my guilt and my fear, if if I do not tend to those emotions, boom, I'm in anger. And so I teach people, um, you know, journal writing is about being on top of your emotions, ah. um, being mindful of how you're feeling, right? So, so it's it's a deeper connection to you in this moment. Um, you know, quite often we get busy and, and disregard ourselves. Um, you know, for me, if I don't do journal writing in the morning, I might do it later, but I might not. Same thing as, you know, my exercise. If I don't get it by noon, boom, it goes down my list. And so, you know, the journal writing is about, um, you know, that intimacy with yourself. And, you know, I mean, some people go back over it, but really, it's just,
0: it's kind of more of a dump and just keep going. I'm laughing because I there's, I have so many of the tools that I have created, especially since we launched the movement, that were written down in my journal first. And so <laughs> I go back to those. Yeah. But, you know, this was one of the conversations that you and I had. And I'm like, well, okay, we have to talk about this. And I'm grateful that you brought it up because I wasn't going to go here. I mean, I've been lugging around as I have moved and relocated, I've been lugging around boxes of old journals because I don't know how to let them go. And I'm keep thinking, I'll go, you know, because I can data mine some of it for you. Know, what I'm teaching now, I'm like, I can go back and I can, and I realize over the course of um, the time since you and I spoke, I'm like, am I really gonna go back? and data mine those things, or am I ready to just accept the fact that I don't need to do that? And keep, I mean, now what's recently in coming up in the things that I'm creating, like the suicide risk factor assessment, those books I'm keeping until I get those tools out into the world. Yeah. But other than that, I think maybe making peace with my past might include making peace with my paper. (laughs) You know, letting my paper rest in peace. But we might have to come back to this at another time. Because I'm not so sure.
1: But Jackie, I'm just saying to you or reminding you, I heard you talk about Mark and his paper.
0: (laughs) Boom. Busted. All right. (laughs) You know, it's every now and then, there are two groups of people that create the biggest challenge for me. One of them... Is my children, especially my oldest daughter, who edited every single episode of my radio show and now handles all of the tech on my summits. And so she has a memory that is really, really keen. <laughs> and she will call me out when I am saying something that is out of alignment with something else that I've said or yeah. Could she have this other... daughter? Just hmm? Could she be her mother's daughter? Oh, maybe. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then there are my speakers who I'm going to interview who lurk on earlier sessions of the (laughs) (laughs) song. And call me out for what I said in a different session. So, all right. Yes. And maybe it is time. Maybe the reason that Mark is not energetically inclined to deal with his paper. With, at my promptings, might have something to do with the fact that I haven't dealt my own. Mine are much more organized. Of course, they are. I'm um, sure. Which, which is laughingly, yo, know, I, I no, it's not true. So, <laughs> I'd like to believe that. Uh, yeah, they look a little more organized, but it's just appearances.
1: You know, Jackie, I, I'm a paper rat. Um, I've got baskets of papers, like might not look organized, but if you ask me for something, I know kind
0: of which basket.
1: But yeah, I mean, we take notes and just keep things and I hear you,
0: I Like you said, you took copious notes during the summit and we do, and yet that's part of getting to know who we are and what we are willing to own as far as our idiosyncrasies and as far as what's more important You know, is it more important for me to keep this stuff for the day that I might look through it? Or is it more important for me to have the space? Um, And
1: and and you know what? You know, to kind of tie it back in, it is whatever you choose to make it. And it's on your terms. And
0: you're at peace with it. When you're done, you're done. When you're done, you're done. And that was actually one of the greatest things about The languaging that's been coming up in all of my conversations this weekend in this session, in in this season of the summit, is there are words like that. When you're done, you're done. Yeah. And And accepting that.
1: Exactly. And before I lose it, it's also giving yourself permission to be, you know, however, to, to be who you are, to feel you know, how you feel, to just
0: appreciate
1: who you are.
0: Got it. To feel how you feel, to appreciate who you are. So we've got the appreciation practice. We've got the journaling practice with no rules, just do it.
1: Yeah, and, and actually on the other, sorry, something else that just came up yeah. is um, quite often we, when we instill a new habit, which is usually change, the ego will come forward,
0: Hmm. right? so I don't want euphemisms. When you say the ego, what exactly does that look or sound like?
1: um, So I I sometimes refer to it as our survival self um, that doesn't want us to change because it could be perceived as a threat, right? So it's about telling us to maintain the status quo to keep us playing small, to keep us,
0: you know, safe, um, invisible, all of those things. You know, it's really funny because you said to keep us playing small. And yet I think I know someone who their ego is keeping them playing big. They want to downsize and not be so busy and all of this. And yet their ego is not allowing them to give up playing at the level they've been playing at for decades.
1: And Jackie, they... You know what I've realized is there's lots of things that, you know, come into play. Like for for me, um, you know, some people could say, "Well, Stephanie, you hide out." It's like, "Yep, yeah, I do." And and for me, it, it's not so much. I mean, it, it's more than my ego. It, it's I'm still figuring out what that gap is. And um, this past weekend, um, I was in a in a workshop where um, it it was intense, all about beliefs. And it it was about ancestral beliefs that we're carrying and to kind of uh, bring Antoinette back into the conversation. It's, you know, not only do we have our own life's challenges and traumas, but, you know, I'm carrying the bloodline of my dad on my right, the bloodline of my mom on the left, we all do. And, you know, it's, there's inherited trauma that
0: compacts our existing trauma Hmm. yeah compounds and grows it like geometric progressions say more about the gap trying to figure out the gap is something you said just a minute ago
1: yeah so that's that's kind of for me where I I help people
0: close the gap on where they are and where they want to be Got it. And yet you still are dealing with your own gap of where you are and where you want to be and figuring out what's in them.
1: Oh, oh, definitely. Like, you know, do I ever think I'll figure it out? No. However, you know, what's important for me, you know, especially if I'm getting into other people's lives, I better know what's in my life and the stuff I'm working on. Right. And and that's the beautiful gift, you know, that I bring to myself when I'm working with clients and I can smile and just go, oh, I recognize that, you know, and, and have compassion for that because that was me. And, you know, not all clients mirror me, but to just go, oh, I know
0: what that is. Yeah. Not either that was me. Oh, that is me. Okay. So probably you're in my treatment room. You're in my, tra- I call it a training room. You know, you're in my space because I need to hear what I'm about to say to you. It's got nothing to do with my client sometimes. It has everything to do with, I need to hear what I'm about to say. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah,
1: and, and, and sometimes too, it's just like, you know, you're stunned by so- the brilliance that comes out as a result of
0: doing your own work. It's an interesting place to be, Stephanie. So getting to know the person in the mirror, it's a journey not everyone decides to take. Mm -hmm. And yet it's a journey that only we can take. No one can do this for us. Mm -hmm. And the best that we can do for other people is share our journey with them. And I just really appreciate you sharing your journey with us. Thank you, Jackie. You are very, very welcome. So we have the self-appreciation jar. We have the journaling. Is there another piece to this puzzle that we can add in on a self journey? Just to kind of add on that,
1: to, to understand that we are worthy as we are in our humanness. It's no, it has nothing to do with our
0: doingness. I'm glad you didn't say our beingness. Because if one more person tells me about just be, I'm <laughs> like, I am a human doing. I am not a human being. But I can deal with my humanness. I appreciate that language a, a lot. Because, yeah. yeah, that's one of the things that I've had to learn is that I don't fit that mold of, a, you know, that most people talk about. And that was my biggest self-acceptance this year.
1: And, and Jackie, I want to honor you for that, that, you know, you stay true to you, regardless of what others are saying.
0: You I do stay- now. It's kind of a new skill for me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a new skill for me. All right. There's been a lot of chatter in the chat box and it's all around the journaling. So I want to tell you if, you know, if these two things are, are where, you, where you're good with this, we could so leave it because apparently we have triggered something. No, yeah, isn't that fun? So resistant to journaling is what I'm hearing. So you've got a gift that's gonna make this easier for people. And so why don't you take us there?
1: Uh, okay, oh, Katie just put it in the box.
0: Yeah, that's um, Katie's job. She's really good at it.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to go back to the, the person's resistance to journaling. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying that the be-all, end-all is journaling. Um, I have someone else who, um, you know, I have said, you know what, just doodle then. Like, really, it doesn't really matter what you use. It's about uh, releasing that energy from yourself onto there so, and having that connection. Like to me, what I appreciate about journaling is we can actually write out our feelings, right? So it, it's a deeper connection. And there's something that happens when we, you know, do pen to paper rather than keyboard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, you know, don't allow that resistance to stop you then do, do, um, do artwork. Yeah. Well, let's not
0: call it artwork because that strikes fear in the hearts of most people. So doodling is much safer. Draw.
1: Doodling, color, like go get a kid's coloring book. Yeah.
0: There we go. Some kind of emotional expression on paper. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you kept that piece as, as pure because I'm a firm believer that muscle memory that the the physical movement even something as small as writing is a release of energy and that we often don't give ourselves permission yeah. to release energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It it it's a releasing of the energy like from my perspective it it's becoming aware of our emotions like you know, I want people to understand that you don't just go zero to 100 for anger. I mean, it might look like it, but that when we hit anger, mm-hmm. anger is really about hurt, you know, sorrow that we have not um, acknowledged. And, and so, you know, this is kind of something else, like when we have a feeling that comes up, your know, sensation in the body, I say, you know, like, be that kind of the parent and that sensations a child attend to your feelings your feelings have feelings and they have a message for you you know they're asking for attention and when we don't give it attention
0: it's going to come out at the least opportune time that's a really interesting analogy that um i absolutely love because i'm going Oh, yeah. You know, the the feather, the stick and the brick. I mean, you know, I I think Oprah made that famous. If you get the nudge and you're not paying attention, then you get a heavier nudge and then you get a heavier nudge. And that's, I think, exactly the way it is with emotions that we are not acknowledging. And acknowledgement is as simple as writing them down. It doesn't have to be you go talk to somebody. It's, you know, it's why our theme song is Have a Little Talk With Myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's that wonderful space of just acknowledging. And you hit upon something I'm going to pick up on because um, as, as was in the chat, someone thought journaling was a recap of the day, not what we're talking about, which is as a way of letting yourself just express whatever's happening in your head or in your body or in your heart. And I'm going, oh, I am so creating an activity now where I want one of my clients to journal not what she's thinking, not even what she's feeling because we're so used to in our society to mix up thoughts and feelings. Yeah. I'm going to ask her to journal on what's going on in her body. Yeah. yeah, because this reconnection process that happens when you get to know the person in the mirror. You get exactly. to reconnect with all levels of yourself. And some of them maybe need a little more attention than others. And but emotions not, are a big one.
1: You know, and, and just to kind of... Um make a suggestion. So if she says, I don't know, then the, the response would be, what if you did know?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So, so this well, kind pisses of- me <laughs> off when you do that to me, but that's okay. Now, <laughs> do I what? To <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I have, I have had people tell me that that, and it, it's not what you do. Cause you don't say that to me. What, what I've had people tell me is that that particular coaching device drives them crazy. Oh, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and it works. But it's just like a daily consistent practice of giving yourself some feedback, giving yourself a chance to pay attention to your feedback. That works too. Feedback is the fastest way to make a change in your life is to give yourself some feedback on what's going on. And so journaling can do that. So we've got the five journal props for greater self-awareness. So in keeping with our theme, five journal props for getting to know the person in the mirror. There we go. Uh, Thank you so much, Stephanie.
1: Oh, thank you, Jackie. I love you. I love Katie. She saved me. (laughs) (laughs) I am not tech at all.
0: All right. So Attitudes of Gratitudes. I am grateful for you for being on the show and bringing all of this conversation, helping us bring to light what could be different for everyone's every day. Thank you. And thank
1: you, Jackie, for being you.